Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. You guys doing good tonight? It's good to be here, right? Oh man, it's good to be here. I'm excited. Uh, Tonight I get to share with you God's Word. And uh, I know I've been saying this a lot when I get to get up here on the stage, but I love the Bible. (laughs) <laughs> and I hope that you do too, and I hope that you're praying for God to um, put more of a passion for it in you because it's, it's so life-changing. And I want to share a little bit about, um, before we get started with the message, I want to share a little bit about what's going on with our student ministry. We have uh, a young group of kids, and on Wednesday nights we meet here for what we call the Holy Habits Club the Holy Habits Club. And the idea behind it is we're going to take one habit a month and we're going to develop it and we're going to work on it to help us live lives of holiness, right? We believe that holy habits lead to holy character and then we can just live our lives with Jesus from there. So this month, uh, the habit was studying the Word of God and reading the Word of God. And man, we got to step our game up, older people. You know what I'm saying? We got to step our game up. Last, Last Wednesday, I asked them the question as we were kind of talking about what we've learned and through this past month and all that. And, and I said, raise your hand if this month you've read the Bible probably more than you ever had in your life. And everybody's hand shot up. And I was just like, praise God, right? Like, is that just not what it is? And some kids were like, well, I didn't do it every day, but I wanted to. And I'm like, dude, then you're doing it right, right? When you're longing after God's word, when you're longing after him, that's where you want to be, right? That's where you want to be. So our younger generation, man, when I get to brag on them, uh, I, I love to do it because they're awesome. And I want to share with you just kind of as a transition to get what we're started with tonight. You ever had what you thought at the time was like a really good idea? You ever been there before? And then it like comes time to execute it. And it's like, ah, maybe that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I had a moment like that a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night. And, and I had this idea of an illustration for the students. And so we came in this room. I had moved a bunch of chairs And we set up somewhat of an obstacle course. We had a a starting line here and then a line at the back of the sanctuary. And and in between these lines, man, I had water jugs. I had cones. I had trash cans. I had all this. It's just this is youth ministry stuff right here, right? We have a ton of cones, a ton of blindfolds, things like that. Um, And and I set all this stuff up as a little obstacle course. And and the illustration was we were going to take kids and get them in groups of three. One kid was going to be blindfolded, because for real, it's, it's really not youth ministry unless somebody gets blindfolded. So we blindfolded a kid, and they had two partners. Gave the kid a blindfold. For some reason, we gave him a water balloon and a spoon, which I thought was a good idea. It turned out to be a terrible idea, because they just did not care about that part of the game. But um, th- their, their role was to get blindfolded, line up with a spoon and a water balloon, and try to make it from this side to that side without hitting any of the obstacles. Now, they had two people who were supposed to be on their team, uh, but one of them really wasn't. Uh, the, the teammates got handed a card. One card said good influence. Their job was to shout commands and try to help the kid get from one end to the other without hitting into the obstacle. And as you could guess, the other kid had a card that said bad influence. Their job was to try to get the person who was blindfolded to bump into an obstacle or something to get them out of the game. Um, and as you could imagine, it was absolute mayhem. Right, a bunch of kids just yelling stuff and blindfolded in water balloons, and it was just, it was honestly outrageous. <laughs> but it actually helped my point in the long run. Because what I wanted to show them was, for those of, those of us who don't know Jesus, or maybe we know him, but we don't read the Bible, 
life is a lot like being blindfolded, holding a spoon with a water balloon, trying not to drop our, uh, our responsibilities, trying to get from one end to the other without messing up, right, without bumping into anything. And, and what I wanted them to see was that's not our life, right? That's not our life. As followers of Jesus, we have this thing called the Bible, also known as the Word of God, also known as the lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Amen? And I, and I tried to get them to see, man, you got to know this Word. Because when you know the Word, you don't have to guess which voice to listen to. You don't have to worry about what's coming around the corner, right? You have, you have the, the Word of God that will guide you and lead you. And, and I was trying to to get them to see that. And I want you to see that tonight too. As we talk a little bit about how we're supposed to live our lives as followers of Christ, we want to turn to the Word of God and, and, and really be founded in that. And, and, you know, if you've been here the last few weeks, you know we've been in the book of Galatians and Pastor Ron kind of tied a bow on that, that series last week. And so now I have a little bit of a standalone message this week. And I tried to think about something different, something that could maybe spark some thought. And, and I came up with a little bit of a different idea for tonight's message. Uh, what I want to do tonight is I want to take a quote that I read a few weeks ago, something that really stuck out to me and hasn't left my mind since. And I want to attempt tonight to prove that to be true, right? I want to prove that to be true. Uh, and to do that, we're going to go to the Word of God, right? We do nothing apart from the Word of God. Everything we speak on, everything we teach, we get it from this thing right here. Right, so that's our foundation. But that's what we're going to do tonight. And I want to show you the quote um, by John MacArthur. And this is what the quote says. The race towards Christ-likeness begins with a sense of honesty and dissatisfaction. The race towards Christ-likeness begins with a sense of honesty and dissatisfaction. I read that quote a while back, and it's been stuck in my head since. And as I was praying about what to talk about tonight, it kept coming to mind. And as I was reading the Bible, I actually found out that um, MacArthur probably didn't come up with that on his own. You know what I'm saying? He, uh, he definitely echoes the words of Paul found in Philippians chapter 3. And, and so that's really where we're going to spend our time tonight as, as we pull some insights from there. So if you have your Bible, let's get to the word. Um, Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1. We're going to read to 14. Um, so if you got it, you can turn there. If not, it's on the screen for you. This is what it says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. We just stop there. Is this the day that the Lord has made? Can we rejoice and be glad in it? Hey, whether your week was awful, whether it was hard, whether it was fantastic, whether it was amazing, let's rejoice in the Lord. Right? Can I just, I just want to say this. It's a win that you're sitting here right now. Right? Like it's a win that you showed up, that you, you took the initiative to, to come and, and, and be a part of a community, to worship and spend time in God's word. Like you're doing what you're supposed to do, and I want you to know that. Let's rejoice in the Lord no matter what happens. It goes on to say, I never get tired of telling you these things. I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. Pastor Ron talked about that last week. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though, I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Paul's just talking that talk right there. Verse 5, and then he gets into like his resume. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. 
I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have disregarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself, it depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I'll experience the resurrection from the dead. Y'all still with me? All right, we're almost there. Verse 12, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what rise ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. You are included in that us, by the way. This is where we're going to dive into tonight. Uh, we're going to look at some insights and, and, and just we're going to walk out of here encouraged. We're going to walk out here ready to go. I've been praying that over us and it's going to happen. Uh, I, I like to title this message, A Race Worth Running. A Race Worth Running. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We love you so much. And God, we declare that you are worthy of every song we could ever sing, that you are worthy of every praise we could ever bring, that God, when our life is built on you and you are our foundation, it does not matter what comes our way because your foundation is firm. Your foundation is strong. Even when we're not, God, you are. And we praise you and declare that. God, I pray, just, I pray over the next few moments, Lord Jesus, that, that, that you would go to work on all of us, myself included. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fall on this place and your Holy Spirit would get a hold of us. God, I pray for anybody in this room, those of us who are anxious and, and, and worried and depressed, those of us who are, are struggling and, and we feel like we're in a fight. God, I pray right now you would just lift those heavy burdens, even just for a moment, Lord, so we could receive what you have for us tonight. God, I pray for myself as I know I can't do this without you, and I won't try. I will abide in you as you abide in me. I will remain in you, Lord. I just ask that every word that comes out of my mouth would be of you, that when words fill me, you would speak. God, may you be glorified in this time. May you be glorified in this time, and we thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So to, to really look at this quote tonight and, and dive into it, I'm going to break it up into sections to help us understand. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so that's what I have to do to really understand stuff. So the first section I want to talk about is what MacArthur calls the race towards Christ-likeness. The race towards Christ-likeness. Living our lives like Jesus did. A, a desire to be more like Jesus. C.S. Lewis says that's the whole of Christianity, to be more like Jesus. That, that's, that's the life we're called to live. If, if you are a follower of Christ and you are in this room, that's the life you're called to live. And, and I want to show you that, 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 that is, that's really the purpose of our life now. 
that, that you are a new creation, that, that you are a new person. And I want to show you what it says so beautifully in the Word of God. Stuart, if you can bring up that, that next verse in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, this is what it says, that we are to put off our old selves, which belong to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. We are to, to put on the new self. We are to live the new life, the life that is no longer dictated by what we want, but by what he wants. We, we are to live lives that are, are in the likeness of God's righteousness and his holiness. This is the life that we're called to live, my friends. And, and, and I know we're kind of jumping in deep right here, but I want to ask you the question tonight, is that the life you're living? Is that the life you're living? Is that the race that you're running? Is that the journey that you're on? Are, are, are you longing after Christ-likeness? Are, are you longing after his holiness? Do you desire to be righteous? I said this last time I spoke, we don't spend enough time just slowing down and doing a little self-evaluation, right? We got to press pause every once in a while and check and make sure we're doing the right things. And sometimes, man, we could be honest, right? We get caught up in, in all of this good stuff. But sometimes God wants us to just slow down, check our priorities, check ourselves. So I, I want to ask you tonight, is this the race that you're running? Is this the journey that you're on? Because as followers of Christ, this is what, this is what we're called to. It's what we're called to. I, I want to tell you a few things about this race, and, and they're honestly really wonderful. First thing about this race is that this is a race that you're guaranteed to win. This is a race that you're guaranteed to win. The Bible tells us that God, he started a new work in us, and he's going to see it all the way through. Amen? He's going to see it all the way through. God does not start something and then bail out halfway through. Right? Do we not do that sometimes? Man, I, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at my front yard and been like, yeah, I'm about to get to work on that. And then I'm like, man, it's a little hot outside. I'm going to just wait and wait and wait. And my mom came over a few nights ago, and she's like, son, you have to get a landscaper because you're not going to do it. And I was like, you know what, mom, you're probably right. And my wife just nodded her head as well. <laughs> but God, God's not like that. When God starts something, he finishes it. And even though we can be difficult, even though we can lack a little bit of faith in the things that, that we need to get there, man, God fills in the gaps. God doesn't give up. He who started a work will see it all the way through, all the way through. Something else about this, this, this race, this, this pursuit of holiness, this pursuit of righteousness is, is, is this is things that, that God, when we have these desires, when, when we long for these things, he satisfies. He satisfies. When, when you long for Christ-likeness, when you long for holiness, when you pursue righteousness, You'll find God answering those prayers every single time. And I wonder if sometimes we don't get too frustrated in our Christianity that sometimes we're, we're a little upset with where we are in our faith journey because we're not desiring the right things. We're not desiring the right things. Maybe we're here and, and, and we know God, but we're running this race for something else. Maybe it's influence or power that we're after. Maybe it's, it's money that we're racing towards. Maybe it's a relationship, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse maybe you just, you don't even know what you want. You're just running, trying to find something to fulfill you. But the thing about longing for holiness, the thing about longing for righteousness is that God will satisfy those. God will answer those prayers every single time. 
You see, my friends, I believe that all of us are on a race. We're always racing after something. The question is, are we racing after something that God will satisfy? Sometimes I think God even lets us have what we think we want, just so he can show us that that's not what will fulfill the longing in our soul. Sometimes he lets us learn the hard way. A lot of us have learned those lessons. I know I have. But you see, when you long after righteousness, when you long after hope, the things of God, the things of the kingdom, he answers those prayers. He says this in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Jesus says that blessed are those who thirst after righteousness, who hunger after righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be satisfied. When you hunger and thirst after those things, not only will you be satisfied, but you will be blessed. You will be blessed. That's the next part about this race. You need to know that this race will bless your life. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. My friends, to be satisfied with God, to be content with God, to to hunger after the, the, the likeness of Jesus, to hunger after the righteousness the holiness that we're called to, when God can satisfy those things and you no longer have to look for something else to satisfy you, you are blessed. That is a blessing, amen? amen. That he will, he, will, he will fulfill those desires. But not only if we run this race, not only will it bless ourselves, it'll bless those around us. Let me show you what Charles Spurgeon says on this. Spurgeon says, we should be pictures of Christ Yeah, such striking likeness of him that the world would not have to hold us up by the hour together and say, well, it seems somewhat of a likeness. What they would, when they once beheld us, exclaim, he has been with Jesus. He has been taught of him. He is like him. He has caught the very idea of the holy man of Nazareth. And he expands it out in his very life and everyday actions. See, my friends, when you jump on this race towards Christ's likeness, people notice. People get curious. And curiosity leads to conversations. Conversations leads to us getting to share the gospel. Sharing the gospel gets to lead to people hearing the gospel and accepting the gospel. And then heaven can just start throwing parties, right? And this happens when we start running this race. This happens when we we start living like Jesus. When, When people start to notice, dude, you are really nice to everybody. Why are you like that, right? When, when you start to just show kindness, when you start to show selflessness, when you start to do things differently than everybody else around you, people notice that. And things people don't understand, they can get curious about. And I'm telling you, this will open up opportunities for the gospel to be heard. I mean, I love the words that Spurgeon says, that he has been with Jesus. He has been with Jesus. Man, may they say that about us. Amen. May they say that about us. That those people down there at Discovery Point Church, they've been with Jesus. Right? They've been with There's something up with those people. They've been with Jesus. Man, I, I pray that we can live, live lives so much like Christ that the world just can't deny the movement of love and kindness and grace that comes out of it. Amen? Man, let's live like Christ and, and, and let's show the world what it means to really thrive in this thing. Man, this race is it's worth running. This race is worth running. This is a life that's worth living. So how do we run it? How do we run it? Man, there are so many things that, that go into becoming like Christ and, and running this race. But tonight, I just want to touch on the two that are found in the quote. And the first is honesty. 
a sense of honesty. And remember I said we are echoing the words of Paul tonight, so we're going to dive back into Philippians and, and, and really dive into what this honesty is that I think MacArthur is talking about. We're going to pick up in verse 3, and I'm going to read through 9. It says, For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason to be confident in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I'm a, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded strictest obedience to the law. I was zealous, and I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed it without fault. Once I thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've disregarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. You know what that word garbage means in the original language? Garbage. Trash. I'm, I'm, he's, I'm tossing it out. So that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Come on, lean in with me as we dive into this and break this down. Here's the Apostle Paul writing this letter. And he goes, yo, if you are a part of the faith, if you are a believer, we don't put any confidence in our own flesh. We don't put any confidence in our own good deeds. But if we did, y'all don't have it like I do, right? Paul's like, we don't put confidence in there, but if we did, if we were, I'm the standard, right? And I love it. And then Paul just like busts out his resume. Circumcised when I was eight days old. I was from the tribe of Benjamin. Hey, if, any, if there was ever a Hebrew, it's your boy, right? Like, man, I was about it. I was, I was, I was zealous and I was passionate and I was committed. I would stop at nothing. I was, Paul was so about it. Right. And he just starts kind of that that humble brag, as they like to say nowadays. Paul just puts it out there. And I love it. I think it's hilarious. I, I don't know why my mind goes to places like this when when I read the word of God. But as I was reading this story, I thought about the 1988 NBA three point contest. And the story goes that that the best shooters in the world were in this locker room getting ready. And you know how professional athletes are. They're confident. They believe in themselves. All those dudes in there thought they were going to win that night. Story goes that my man Larry Bird walked into the locker room, looked around at those cats, and asked them who was coming in second. He walked in there and said, who's coming in second? Right? That's the kind of, that's the kind of energy Paul has right here. And Larry Bird didn't even take his warm-up off, and he won it. Right? Like, that's the energy Paul is bringing right here. Which one of y'all is coming in second? Paul is like, man, y'all don't have it like I did. I don't know what y'all are talking about over there, but I know, I really know what self-righteousness is about. It's amazing that we can read the Bible and it, it was written so far, far, far long ago, and, but you read it and, and, and you can get connected to it. And there's times where as you read it, you can kind of feel the tone change. You know what I'm talking about? You can kind of feel the vibe change. And, and, and I feel that in Paul as he gets from verse 6 to 7. 
as, as, as he's writing and talking about all these things that, that he used to do, his, his resume, if you will. It's amazing how he gets to verse 7, and it's almost as if you can feel the humility start to come back on him. And you can feel the gratitude. And you can feel the honesty. And Paul goes, yeah, I, I, used, to, I used to do these things, but now I know a better way. Now I know a better way. Yeah, I, I used to be passionate about the things that I could accomplish. I used to be fired up about the things that I can do. But you see, I've, I've learned the truth. I've learned the truth that, that there's a better way, that there's, there's God's way. I learned about God's way. Paul goes, I, I, used to know, I used to think I knew about righteousness, but now I understand that that righteousness I thought was righteousness was never really righteousness at all. Paul goes, I met Jesus, and he flipped my idea of righteousness on its head. So much so that the things I worked my whole life for, the things that I thought I was gaining, I now count them as loss. I now deem them as worthless. I'm throwing them out because all they do is hinder me and Jesus from getting closer. Paul goes, this is the truth. This is the honest truth. I, I used to think it was about me. I used to think it was about what I could accomplish. My confidence was in myself. My confidence is in what I could do. That's who I was. That's where my self-worth was. But now I know a better day. Now I know a better way that my confidence has been shifted from myself, and now it's on Jesus. I used to think I was righteous, but now I know I wasn't. But now I am because my righteousness is resting in Christ. Now my life is about what he's done. Now my hope is in him. Now my, now my trust, my peace, my self-worth, it's in him. And he never changes. And he never wavers. Oh, it's in, it's in him now. It's in him. My friends, this is the truth that we must come to. This is the honest realization that we have to get to, that we, are in, that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We are sinners in need of, there, are, there is no righteousness to be found in ourselves. There is no righteousness to be found in our hands. The righteousness we need is only found in Jesus. And we must do what Paul did. We must let go of these things we're holding on to, and we must hold fast to Christ. We must place our faith there, our confidence there, our hope there, because it's all about him, and it never was about us. It never was about us. It's about him, the work on the cross, defeated death, conquered the grave, something we could never do, something that, that we would never be good enough to do, something that doesn't matter how hard you try, how hard you pray, my friends, we can't get there. We can't get there. This is the honest truth. This is the honest place that we have to get to so that we can live our lives like Jesus Christ. That we can, we can let go and open up and allow him to come in so that he can, he can be formed in us. Amen? That he can be formed in us. Stuart, will you bring that next verse up for me? I want to show you all um, what it says here in Philippians because it, it just touches this so beautifully. Uh, what's next? Nope. Bam, there it is right there. Thank you, Stuart. Um, so that's the, that's the truth that we got to get to. Y'all feel me? We, we, we got to get to the honesty of, of we need Christ Jesus. We need a Savior. We need a hero, right? Let me show you what it says 
in Romans chapter 3, verse 23 through 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The Bible just lays this truth out very plainly for us. We are in need of a hero. We're in need of a hero. We're in need of a savior. And the Bible tells us that we have one. The Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son for people like us, people who could not find righteousness in themselves. For he who knew no sin, he became sin so that you and I could become the righteousness of God. Amen. That's what he did. And he did that so that we could be redeemed. He did that so we could be redeemed. My, my friends, this race is not about improvement. This race is about redemption. This, this is much deeper than that. I, I, I fear that us as Christians, sometimes we get too focused on what it means to improve, what it means just to get better. When, when, when God said, I didn't send my son to make you better, I sent, I sent my son to change you, to make you completely new. The Bible says that for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we are a new creation. My friends, that's who we are. That's what we're talking about today. Let me show you something that C.S. Lewis says, because it's just so well put. A world of nice people content in their own niceness, looking no further, turn away from God, would be just as desperately in need of salvation as a miserable world and might even be more difficult to save. For mere improvement is not redemption. Though redemption always improves people even here and now and will in the end, improve them to a degree we cannot yet imagine. God became man to turn creatures into sons, not simply to produce better men of the old kind, but to produce a new kind of man. Man, we are a new creation in Christ. We are completely new. It's not about how much better we can be as our old selves. It's about learning to be like Christ. It's about learning to be the new creation. That's what this race is about. That's what this race is about. And I love, Stuart, can we bring that up one more time? I love these words right here. I love it. For mere improvement is not redemption, though redemption always improves people even here and now and will in the end improve them to a degree we cannot yet imagine. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. God wants to turn you into somebody you could never imagine becoming. He wants to turn you into something we could never imagine becoming. God's plans for us are better than our plans for ourselves. And when you run this race, you get to discover that. Oh, this race, my friends, is worth running. It's worth running. Let me tell you just, just, just a few things about this honesty real quick. I want to hit you with, with a disclaimer. Because we can talk about grace, right? We can talk about relying on grace and trusting in Jesus. And some of that sometimes gets twisted and, and people see that as an excuse to go do whatever they want, right? And like, oh, God forgives me anyway, or I got grace anyway, so I'm just going to do this now. My friends, that's not how we're called to live. We are called to pursue righteousness and pursue holiness. Paul says in Romans, should we keep on sinning so that grace should abound even more? He's like, y'all done lost your mind if you think that's how this goes, right? Paul's like, if we die to sin, how can we keep living in it? Paul's like, no, this is about a new creation, living a new life. My friends, this is where the rubber meets the road. We are to pursue holiness. 
We are to pursue righteousness. We are to do good things. But that's not where we find our confidence. Our confidence is resting in Jesus. Our hope is resting in Jesus. That means when you go to bed at night, you don't have to sit there and tally up the good things you did versus the bad things you did and judge your way off that. You can lay your head down at night and say, God, I, I tried my best. I made some mistakes. I did some good things, but I know that you love me. And I know that you care. And I know that you're here. And I know that you're still working. My friends, that's the life we're called to live. We're supposed to run this race towards holiness. And I say we run it with all we got. Amen. Let's run it with all we got. Let me hit you with just two more things briefly. The last thing that MacArthur talks about is, is dissatisfaction. What I think he means by that is, I, I think when you come to the honest conclusion that you were in need of a savior, that you're in need of a hero, that when you, when you receive the grace of Jesus and the life that's found in him, when you begin to understand what you're called to, you will never be satisfied with a mundane life. You will never be okay with not pursuing righteousness. You'll never be okay with not having Christ formed in you. But that is a, that is a platform, that is a launching pad to, to put a fire in you, to put a desire in you to seek perfection, to seek righteousness, to keep going, right? This is what Paul says in, in, in verse 12. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to profess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I haven't achieved it yet, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize, which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Paul is, 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 is seeing that pursuit and it's driving him because he knows there's more to attain. And I pray that, that we would not become satisfied with mundane stuff that we would not be satisfied with a quiet life, that we go to church and we go to Bible study and we're good. Man, that's not what Jesus died for. He died to give us life and life in abundance. He desires to make us into something we could never imagine becoming. So my friends, let's run this race with all we got. Let's never be satisfied. Let's be confident, but let's never be satisfied, amen? Let's hunger and thirst for righteousness every day. And you know what God's gonna do if you do that every day? He's going to satisfy it today. You know what he's going to do tomorrow? He's going to satisfy it again. You know what he's going to do after that? He's going to satisfy it again. There's a reason that Jesus says those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I ate a few hours ago, and I'm going to have to go to Chipotle after this, right? I'm hungry again, right? We, we hunger for this. We, we want more of it. And my friends, there's more life to live. There's more life to have in Christ Jesus. Let's never be satisfied. Man, I pray, I pray that we wake up every day with a fire to have Christ formed in us. And, and, and not, like I said, we're not talking about improvement. We're not talking about just getting better. We're talking about becoming the people that God wants to make us into. You imagine how different our lives would look if, if running this race actually just turned into surrender. And every day we woke up and we were like, God, I'm yours. Whatever you want this day to be, Whatever you want me to do, however you want to accomplish it, God, I'm yours. Make me like Jesus. Oh, if, if, if we could pray that, if we could pray that and let God answer that prayer, man, our lives would be much different. The race towards Christ-likeness begins with a sense of honesty and dissatisfaction. 
dissatisfaction. I, I want to leave you with this. Um, I, I don't know when's the last time you've been to a concert. Anybody been to a concert recently? I know the whole COVID thing was kind of weird and, and killed that. And, and me and my wife, we've got to go to a few concerts here recently. And recently, I, I got to see my favorite band of all time in concert. My favorite band of all time is Switchfoot. I don't know if we got any Switchfoot fans, but that's my favorite band of all time. I can remember being, I don't know how long, sitting in the back of my dad's uh, Nissan Frontier, just jamming out as a young buck. I remember it like it was yesterday. But they played at their concert one of my favorite songs of all time. The song is called Dare You to Move. And there's a, there's a line in that song that every time I hear it, it just catches me off guard. And I know it's coming, but I hear it again, and I'm like, oh, wow. And the line is this, that maybe redemption has stories to tell. Maybe redemption has stories to tell. And I hear that line, and I think, man, that's, that's my story. And I look around this room, and everybody in here sitting in a chair, we have a story of redemption. About broken, hurting people who could never attain righteousness. And the God who loved them. The story of, of wayward, selfish journeymen who went our own way. And the story of the God who pursued them. The story of the God that never gave up on them. Stories of, of chains being broken. Stories of addiction. Stories of depression and anxiety and cancer and financial trouble and relationship trouble. And the God who works all things together for good. My friends, everybody in this room is a story of redemption. Man, I hear that line, and every time I want to say, yeah, redemption does have stories to tell. And I, and I say that to say that whatever you're going through right now, don't give up. Keep going. Keep running this race. Keep fighting. Keep your head up, and don't stop, because there will be a day when you have a story to tell, and your story will reflect Paul's here in Philippians and say, man, I thought it was going to go this way, but God's way was better. And your story will point people to Jesus. Amen. Man, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we praise you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice on the cross. God, we thank you for redemption. God, that that you fill in the gaps, that, God, you love us, that you're patient with us, that you pursued us, that you did for us what we could never do for ourselves. God, we praise you, and, and, and we, we just say we thank you. We, we have gratitude. We say hallelujah. God, our words are not enough, but God, we, we give them to you because you're worthy of praise. God, I pray for, for all of us in this room. I pray for those of us who, who don't know you, who are running the race of life, and it's, it's one thing after the other that lets us down, that we can never find satisfaction in the things we think we want. God, I pray for, for anybody in that room, in this room, that, God, they would learn to pursue you because you have pursued them. God, I pray right now that, that you would move towards them, God, that, that they would know the truth, 
that you sent your son to die for them. If you were in this room and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I just want to ask you to, to come and talk to myself or Pastor Greg about what that even means and, and what that looks like. We would love to just have a conversation with you. But please don't run this race of life any longer without running it after God. I pray for the rest of us in this room, God, who know you. I pray that tonight we were reminded of the honest truth, that we were in need of a Savior, we were in need of a hero, and he came at the perfect time, that you sent your son for us. God, I pray that that honesty would move us to Christ-likeness. I pray, Lord Jesus, that, that you, would, you would continue to, to, to help us to hunger and thirst after you, that you would help us to seek you, God, because we know that you answer those prayers. God, we love you and we thank you in advance for all that you've done tonight. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.